Welcome back to Boys and Ghouls Film Review. I'm your host, Sarah Stevenson, and this is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hi, guys. And tonight, we'll be reviewing the Canterville Ghost. Yeah. That, was, that was released in 1996. Now, this is a fancy film, so it's right up our alley, isn't it, Sarah? Exactly so. Norm- and it's based off this, a similar titled movie. Book. Novel Book. that was made by dear Oscar. old Oscar Wilde yeah, back in 1887. Hmm. Now, uh, can I have a bit of a quick chat now? Before about... we get to uh, that, okay. I took the liberty of reading the actual book oh, did, itself just this week. So I have a good idea of how much they may have used for this and how close TV are movie. We? I would say, apart from um, modernizing, modernizing a, bit. a little bit. Um, there's no much difference between so, the two. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's going to get on to what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Now, are you finished for a moment? Yes, sir. Okay. This is not the first making of uh, The Cannibal Ghost. Back in 1944, there was a version of it made uh, starring Charles Lawton as the uh, ghost and uh, Robert Young and Margaret O'Brien were in it. And that was a war propaganda type movie. Yeah. It was nothing like the... Uh, story mm. yeah, however me. it was a good movie in its own right mm. okay so i'm not going to bag the movie okay but nope. if, if you're gonna if you're gonna go for something similar to the book that oscar wilde wrote well you 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 you're, you're well suited to miss that first movie with charles lord did it but if you want to watch a good movie okay fine now um there's also another one in 1974 with david niven in it mm-hmm. he played the ghost obviously that's mm-hmm. why i mentioned david I don't know how good it was. I can't find too much information on it um, or any reviews. So, And there's a new one I just found out about, 2017. Ooh. Now, Freddie Highmore has a role in it, but he's, he's not the ghost. But uh, Stephen Fry is the ghost, and it says, voice of the ghost. You don't even see the ghost. No, that's and there's not even the mention of any of the family. It mentions a grim reaper and a ghost catcher. So I have a funny feeling it's nothing like the book. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, as I'm saying, so yeah, so this is the closest to Oscar Wilde's dream of having his book put to pictures. Yes, exactly so. And another thing I should mention, guys, is that my uh, for one of the main actors who plays the ghost for this one we're doing. Is got Patrick Stewart, or shall I say, Sir Patrick Stewart? Sir. Well, he was. He's a sir. He's, he's a, cur- a sir now, is he? Hey, by the way, it's Patrick Stewart is in it. He plays a ghost, obviously. Yes, uh, he said. speaks so well. He he got that Shakespearean sort of voice, which suits a period that's supposed to be a well, ghost is three hundred years old. So, well, but hmm. Patrick Stewart is also. One of the producers. Actually, the main producer, I believe. Mm, so he cool. produced it along with Malcolm, uh, Christopher, and Robert ben, uh, Benedetti. Oh, that's nice of him. Uh, and uh, was directed by Sidney McCartney. Now, I don't know whether it's Sidney McCartney's related to Paul McCartney, but you never know your luck. You never know your um, luck. True. But I'll just go through the cast before you start uh, telling uh, the story. Yeah. Patrick Stewart, obviously, prior to place as a ghost. Uh, Neve Campbell... Virginia or Jenny Otis. You may know her in from Scream, the Scream franchise. Yeah, yeah, she was the lead girl. She, she plays yeah. Sydney um, and all that. The yeah. uh, f- the final girl. I won't go for all the other people. Uh, I don't really worry about them too much. However, uh, I do believe um, uh, Patrick Stewart and Neve Campbell got some awards for this 
Great. You know, for their acting performances and this uh, TV movie got awards as well. So it got Emmys and different things. So it's a good production. Anyway, do I pass that over to you now? I guess so. Let's because show. there isn't much <laughs> trivia to talk about it. No, like, tell me movies that there's so much you can do and so much you can't do with them, but there's well, no box can't... office information and, and reviews are skimpy, but we think it's a good movie. Yes. Mm. So hey, on. at the beginning, mm. it starts off with. Um, Virginia and her mom and her two horrible brothers who are in their teen, their preteen, Sage, the difficult age I call yeah. them. Anyway, they're coming on a, on a train to to stay with their dad who's well, living in a, a castle. Well, it's not so much that. Uh, no, dad's got a contract to do some work in England. And hmm. part of it, he's got accommodation lined up in a castle. Yeah. That's what it's about. So he's brought his family into the castle there where he's going to be working there for so many months or months. whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's a, a realist, meaning he doesn't believe in ghosts or supernatural or you name it. Yeah, he, if you can't see it, touch it, feel it, it doesn't exist. One of those type. Yeah. yeah. He, he would not be very good in a haunted house, would he? No. Nah. So anyway, um, Virginia is less than thrilled being there. She'd rather be home, hanging out with her best friends and doing what... It, Whatever ordinary teenagers would do. Yeah. But so, but she soon warms up to the idea of being in this castle, and she even meets um, a duke named who's actually named Francis, and he's the Duke of Cheshire. Uh, Cheshire. Cheshire. And he's a young one, and yeah. he's really good looking. Well, that's Daniel Betts. I might as well mention him because yeah, uh, he he's, he's a love interest. Yeah, he plays an interesting part in this. Well. And in the book, he plays an interesting part in that too. Yeah. So, moving on. Um, they settle in. They get to know the staff, the um, lord of the manor, who doesn't visit often because he's afraid of... He and his family are afraid of the well, ghost. Well, they moved out. Hmm. They, they, they rent the place out. Yeah, they're, they're kind right. of staying in the city in England somewhere. Oh, in London or somewhere. London, or, yeah. I think. <laughs> or, yeah, wherever it's close, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah, so they're staying there and... And of course, things are they they first feel normal, mm. but then later that night, some weird stuff starts occurring, and the father automatically blames his daughter for causing all these disturbances. Because he thinks she well, she's not happy there, and she said she didn't want to stay there, want to go home, and she thinks she's doing it. Yeah, because she thinks that she's mm. pulling pranks and stuff, just even though it, yeah. she doesn't seem the prank type. Nah, just a, a moody teenager type. Hmm. Mm. Any, yeah. Anyway, he just blames her, and and at one point he wanted to send her back to, um, back to where to America. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then she meets a guy next door. This um, yeah, she starts Francis Duke of Cheshire. Yeah. And uh, Cheshire, mm. whatever. And started growing yeah. feelings for him, and the thought of and leaving mm. him, leaving, would be a bit of a pain in the. Yes. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the old juices are flowing here. Yeah. Oh yes, quite yeah. right. <laughs> so anyway, she does eventually meet the ghost a couple of times, and he and a couple of times he tries to scare them away, but failed in the attempts. He's not a very good scarer away. Like, mm. yeah, well, not for this, not for this family anyway. Yeah, I'll t- I'll take a moment to explain about the ghost. See, the ghost he was, uh, 
Sir Simon, I should say. Sir Simon the ghost. See, he he did he got into big trouble with his wife, whom he thought he, was he, having an affair. He was with, accused of killing his wife. I think she didn't she commit suicide or something. No, no, she kind of um yeah she kind of committed suicide. But, 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 he, he, but he, of course he accused her of having an affair and everything. Yeah, and as it turns out, so he was responsible for yeah, her death. As it turns mm. out, he was. Rudely deceived because the his best mate uh, made a pass at his wife and therefore drawed the wrong conclusion. Yeah. And therefore, her brothers walled him up inside the um, castle so he can slowly die. Yeah, uh, to mourn uh, or uh, over his um, killing of his wife during the day. And roam the halls at night, scaring people. What a good life! Oh, remember when no. we were in that wax museum, Mike? Oh yeah, yeah, we were in a wax museum we, the other day. They really showed good. us um, how people would have been walled up and tortured, you know, by yeah. putting them in a sack and placing them behind, you know, a yeah, wall. Yeah, bung in a sack, they couldn't sort of squeak, wiggle out. And yeah, and <coughs> while slowly, the concrete setting, yeah. You know. Yeah, and slowly die in that way. Yeah, all this. Not, not really a good way to go. I mean, you can't mm. go to the toilet. Can't yeah. get a drink of water. I think that's and the point. They, they yeah. slowly starve to death or something. Well, that's it. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, eventually, Simon and and Virginia come up with a plan to try to convince her father to believe in the in him. But well, yeah, yeah. So if 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 Daddy starts to believe in ghosts. He'll see him. He'll see him. Actually, he sees him when he does believe he's a ghost. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. They put together a, mm. a Hamlet pr- production. Yeah, yeah. Shakespeare, yeah. yeah. Hamlet, uh, Prince of Denmark. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. Where yeah. it just consists mm. of uh, Virginia and this and the Simon the Ghost. Yeah, going through the lines. Yeah. They go through the lines, but of course when the play is done... Well, know, actually it was almost done and I think Simon got teary-eyed because it was... Cutting too close to his um, um, past, past. we see new William Shakespeare, and William Shakespeare stole some of his story to put into Hamlet. Yeah, I think that's so funny. How rude! <laughs> yes. Yeah, so anyway, moving on. So our dear ghost, <coughs> he fades uh, out. He fades out, and the father still thinks it's just a matter of special effects. And he that was really him. great. How do you do that? Uh-huh, the right. only people who do believe that most likely that this might is be a real everybody ghost else. is everyone else. <laughs> everybody else. Her brothers, her uh, mum, and they all and they all think that yeah. that dear old daddy dearest is acting like a total jerk. He is. He's an idiot. I don't believe it, so it's not real. <laughs> so anyway, um, so anyway, um, Virginia um, comforts dear old Simon, and they, she then remembers. Um, in this movie, there is a bit of a prophecy where um, a gentle girl, or well, in the story, yeah. um, you know, helps the ghost try to get forgiveness from death in uh, order to... Someone to shed a tear. To shed a tear. And also to pray for him, was it? Awful, yeah, to pray for him because he has he has no faith and yeah, yeah, no yeah. tears well, to shed. Well, yeah. no, he, he can't pray for himself. Someone's yeah. got to pray for him. Yeah, and... Yeah. And um, some kind of tree that has to bloom because for uh, some yeah, reason... Yeah, it's an tree at the front. Yeah. But, but that's more of a signal after everything happens right yes. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has to take her to... Um, to the um, to the angel, of angel of death to plead for his chance of going back, to, going to the afterlife. Yeah, go to heaven or where we're supposed to go to. Yeah. So they won't go through the process, and they soon enough she and him go through a special magic portal behind the um, 
the fireplace, fireplace in, in the library, and mm. it leads them, and they slowly walk into it, and they head off to the afterlife thing. No, we want your poltergeist. No, oh, the other so, side. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Mm. So Weird anyway, yeah. so anyway, <laughs> uh, next morning, everything, everyone is wondering what happened to Virginia. Um, Mummy, um, daddy can't find her. Yeah. So they round a posse of people of the town, try to find her. Yeah, Miami, Emma. But. But they that night they hear through the walls uh, Virginia's voice and they f- go to the library. They see that uh, open it up the, the, the yeah they open up the portal mm. and they slowly try to um, try to help her get back to the life of the living stuff. Yeah, as one would. Yeah. And I think the father was finally convinced that what she was saying is not a lot of monkeys. All to get in there, Dad. You're digging. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, eventually the blood stain. There was a blood stain in this on the carpet. There was a yeah that keeps everyone keeps cleaning it and keeps it, coming back. It keeps coming back. It's, it's a, a very significant. That's that's the blood stain of his story. wife when she killed herself in front of the fireplace. Yes, a mm. very significant. Hey, this piece. is an old carpet. They don't make carpets that anymore. They're three hundred year old carpet or more. Yeah, and it's still going strong. Yeah. And the interesting thing in this is that Simon keeps on using paint or whatever stuff he can use to mimic that very stain. Yeah, and if, they keep the stain going, but yeah. But now mm. that he, he, that things are over, the stain is gone. Totally gone. And the tree that we mentioned earlier in the garden yeah, so dead, is finally blooming. Yeah, dead, dead almond tree, and I didn't take that because it's part of the prophecy that once that when if that blooms eventually again, uh, it's a signal Sir Simon has passed on to the other side. Yes, and, and eventually, yeah, and they eventually ah. find where Simon's bones lay, and they finally rest them again with well, didn't his they, wife. Virginia knew where they were because he'd yeah. been into his little. Oh, but earlier on. When she found where Sir Simon was hiding in his walled-up chamber behind yeah. the library somewhere, and she actually knew where he was residing during the daylight hours, and that's where his body had been chained up. So see, when they went there later on, he was not home, but his bones were. Yeah. Mm. So eventually, they they organised a funeral and they the then buried his remains next to his wife. Yeah, they had a garden out there at the back of the property yeah, somewhere. Yeah, there was a yeah. special garden mm, yeah. that's, again, withered, and but they had run, comes back to life. Back to yeah, life the the flowers all came back to nice, and the flowers bloomed. and yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was so nice. Yeah, <laughs> and eventually um, the lord of the manor of the castle comes back and says that now that things are okay, that they might, that, that maybe they might... Their family might return back to live there, but unfortunately, the scientist, the um, father, says, um, "Do you mind if we stay here a little longer? Uh, maybe so I can, you know, um, and all that stuff." And the and the man, the um, lord, the owner, um, was cool with this. He thought, he oh, likes "Sure, anyway. go ahead. You could stay there. We are happy in England. I mean, in London, yeah, in the yeah. city." So he's cool with them. So you got someone in there looking after the place, paying a bit of rent money, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and they can. And that's actually it's, it's sort of saint thanking them for releasing their ancestor. Yeah, yeah. From so his curse. they're allowed mm. to stay as long as Indefinitely. they. Indefinitely, that's a long time. Actually. Yeah, and <laughs> that means that dear old Virginia can get to know Francis and, and possibly get married. Yeah, mm. in the book it did say that she did develop feelings for a certain. Duke in the story, and uh-huh. that when they came of age, they went and got married. I went lovely. And anyway, soon enough, 
that's the end of our story and of that's about it. Well, I wish I could tell you more, but unfortunately, if I tell you more, but the ending it was good because you said the flowers were blooming. Yeah, and when I was getting near, getting near the fade out, you hear Patrick Stewart, the yeah. ghost, and his beloved talking to each other. Yeah, it, um, yeah, talking about read me another sonnet or something. Yeah, like another yeah, real another, Shakespeare another, sonnet. Another another poem from Billy Shakespeare. You know, mm-hmm. isn't that lovely? Yeah. The boy's on a burning deck and he's handy held anyway. No, Actually, no, I, you know you were talking about Will Shakespeare to me the other, yeah. not too long ago, about from Discovery Witches. I yes. found out that Christopher Marlowe is actually inspired by dear old Will Shakespeare and they were both born at the same, probably about the same age. Oh, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. There's some people think that Christopher Marlowe and Shakespeare were the same guy. I looked it up no, no, I know what you've said. I'm trying to tell you what I've heard over the years that there's some schools of thought saying they're both the same guy. Okay, mm-hmm. but one was, one, the William Shakespeare one was known for doing a particular style of writing, but he wanted to do some other style of writing, so he used another name. Hmm. Maybe. They do it nowadays, having you know, I heard. You know, other names and different things. Yeah. But that, I mean, it could be two different guys, or it could be one guy of two names. Yes. But anyway, so, irrespective, old Billy Shakespeare, yeah. he writes a good novel. A good yeah, anyway, play. Patrick Stewart is, well, I thought he really did well in this role. Yeah, I he, think. he's a Shakespearean actor. Mm, yeah, no. And that's, so when you get someone who's got, hey, I'm not to say, not taking away from Charles Lawton, who played in the 1944 version, but he wasn't a Shakespearean actor. Uh, he was a comedian. He, he did a good comedy role in it. <laughs> it was funny and, 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 and tasteful. He had, he had an English accent. That's about all he had. We didn't have that Shakespearean quality about him. Mm. And that really drove this pr- production home, as far as I'm concerned. Because if you get the right person... It's like, it's like James Bond. You've got Sean Connery. Okay? Okay. English, Scottish, Scottish, English, whatever mixture, whatever. Well, that's what James Bond was. He was uh, a naval commander uh, in the English Navy uh, with Scot- Scottish, Scottish parentage. So, and Sean Connery was, was that, uh, and, he, and you're so believable, and you get the right person playing the right part, and all of a sudden, it comes to life. Yeah, but yeah. it jumps out of the book on the celluloid, or in this case, into the computer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, it was, I do think this was a good TV movie. It went to directly to... Is, that still, um, is this one still available on um, YouTube or... Um, eBay or anything, or um, I think it might be up there. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's still um, a pop, a pop, popular, a, a popular well, version. It, of well, it. It is, and it's probably the most popular one out of all of them. Mm. I mean, forgetting the Charles Lawton one, different type of movie, but all the other, uh, the other two or three movies. I mean, this is, um, I believe, the better one. Uh, so the purists want a a good treat. Uh, yes, this one, I think it's still available. I, I haven't checked on eBay or Amazon or whatever. But I'm pretty sure it's around because we got a copy of it. Mm. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, I read this one, and I think in the, in the book too, and I read also the um the Phantom Carriage and in oh, the Monkey Paw that we often keep talking yeah, about yeah, nonstop. Yeah. We might do a couple of those sunny short story ones, and you know, we might do a bit of an anthology one day. Mm, eh? Maybe. Yes. Because mm-hmm. there are some anthology type movies. Mm, yeah. True. Yeah. true. England did a few. The Amicus uh, movies, they did several, and yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
and other ones, you know, Vault of Horrors and different things, and mm. Dr. Sum's Garden of Terror. Yeah, 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 all those really good funny ones. Was, yeah, mm. but who would have thought that when you look at those books, they, they do, well, they kind of, um, that's probably where we all got our inspiration from. Yeah. Like how um, the guy, what's his name, who does um, Vincent Price um, movies? Oh, Roger Corman. Yeah, Roger yeah. Corman, when he <laughs> got inspired by uh, Edgar Allan Poe. It gets better, I've probably said it many, many times before. If you've got a good story mm-hmm. and a good screenwriter, uh, you, can get, you often get a good product. And all you have to worry about then is getting a, a, a director who knows what to do and some believable actors. Um, but you get Roger Corman. When it came to doing those period movies, Edgar Allan Poe types and whatever, with uh, Vincent Price, the mix was perfect as far as I'm concerned. Mm. When Roger Corman modernised it to try and get the teenage audience in it, involved in uh, liking his product, I think he lost something. Yeah, I think he did. Because I don't, I don't think they're coming from st- stories anymore. I think they're coming more from a screenwriter. Hmm. And that's where it's sort of lost a little bit. I yeah. mean, no, I could be wrong there. Um, well, I yeah. often believe that in each of us or, or some filmmakers out there who, throughout the years, they probably, um, they put, they go for a, a, a damp patch. Oh, yeah, that's, that can be true too. But or it, they just see something that <laughs> makes um, it more pop, makes it more, it more popular, they well, decide yeah, to bring he's back, like he's, bring he's more. He's trying to find a target market. I mean, yeah. maybe someone told him, oh, nobody wants Victorian tales of terror anymore. Yeah, everyone wants nudity. Yeah. Well, yeah, modernise it. Yeah. But you know, um, I would, I mean, I don't know about you, but there's nothing that I like more in a movie than being taken away from my day-to-day stuff. Mm. I don't want a slasher movie taking place in a little suburban street like the one I live in it doesn't become believable. When you take it away to, say, a dingy house somewhere in secluded location. But you've got to admit, and though. And different things. It got Atmos, you see. I, yeah. And, you've and, got to admit, yeah. though, I think I hear this a lot from direct, new old directors these yeah. days. They tell me that um, to base, if when it comes to making a horror film or any type of film, try to make it um, base it in in an atmosphere that you are familiar with. Yeah, yeah, but but you still have to, you know, you're missing a point. Mm. You got, even in fantasy and fiction, you've got to have a sense of reality about it. That's what I mean. Now, mm. if you... Let's, let's say we went and visited a mansion and stayed there for a that couple of weeks wonderful. for a holiday. Yeah? And you say, hey, I've got experience living in a mansion. Yeah, and you've heard some stories about the different mansions. Hey, I could write a good story and a screenplay about a mansion like this that's from ghosts running around or a mad slasher guy or an axe murderer. Mm. But you've got some experience in location. You can't just make it up out of your head. That's where some people Ooh, That reminds wrong. me. Yeah. You know that movie what, with another with, that has Vincent Price in it? What's it called? That one about the um, writer who goes to a, a mansion in England who is... Ah, oh, crikey. Um, uh, House, House of Dark Shadows? Yeah, that's Long it. Shadows? Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, whether... Yeah, I, I, yeah, a, a young journalist guy goes to this old this old mansion for a weekend to say, yeah. I'm, I'm going to write a book in a couple of days or a week or something. Or a weekend. weekend. Anyway, he... And all these people keep coming in there and disturbing him. It was all set up. Yeah. But we're not quite sure. I've got a funny gut feeling that was his story. 
That's that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, he it sat- didn't seem like at the beginning, but in the end, I think that was his story about going to the mansion where he went to, and he wrote a story about being at the mansion and fought these characters. Yeah, in. and having yeah, to yeah. Um, sort of taken a bet with uh, uh, his he, editor, he, I think. Yeah, his publisher, editor, whatever. He, yeah, yeah, see, yeah. they wagered that he you can't... You couldn't write a book in a couple of days. Yeah, or yeah. at least a week. Or a week or something, mm. yeah. So, I can, I'll prove it to you. He gave yeah. the right location, and he went there and he wrote the yeah, book. Yeah, he, he sat there, written it, and, but it gets, it gets and back to in Atmos. the end, he added the twist ending, which adds a little bit of more, yeah, yeah. an awesome twist. But Atmos is really important to get mm. that feel across. I mean, Atmos in a book if you can get that coming onto the screen as well. Hmm. But yeah, it gets back to, that's why you have a locations manager as well. If, you have, if you've got a production company, you get, you get people going out there, we're finding places, even if you haven't been there yourself, even if the guy who wrote the book hadn't been there. Yeah. It's in the story, and that's the location you're looking for. Mm. Yeah. Um, keep it real. Mm-hmm. Re- reality and fantasy and fiction and stuff is a must. Mm. Yeah, the more real you make it, the more you take the people away and they get drawn into it. Mm, true. Um, yeah, which is great. And actually, this one here, um, this cannibal ghost movie, um, they actually did it in a real place. Mm. It, I don't think it was too much soundstage stuff. I think it's actually done yeah, I agree. in this castle. Yeah, where is it? I've got the name of it here somewhere or other. It was uh, Nebworth House in uh, Hertfordshire wow. in England. That's where the filming got done. So they actually mm. did it. They used the runes of the castle. I think that would be so cool. Wouldn't it? I mean, to really actually rent um, a mansion or a castle in England and Hands soak up. Hands up, who can up, afford it? No. Yeah, soak I, up all the, um, <laughs> the energy it. from it. Yeah, but point, if you went and say to, okay, you guys in America and England and wherever you are, um, there's a place, we've got a few places here. There's a place I like to go to and stay overnight or a couple of days. Yeah. It's down in, in the mountains down in New South Wales. It's called Caves House. It was originally built, oh, I'd say 100 years ago, up in the mountains where they had these limestone caves we go and do tours go through. But you can go up there and stay overnight, big roaring fires, like an old style place, and they feed you. They do Christmas in July because we don't, we have uh, Christmas in the middle of summer here. So mm. we do Christmas in July down there, and people go down there. But it's damp sometimes, it's quiet, it gets dark. And that would be great atmos if you're going to try to write a book hmm. and, and you've got the right atmosphere. And there are other locations around here and other, and other countries, especially in places like Europe, where you've got all these old buildings and old towns and something, which have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. And you've got so much resource over there, but we don't have it. We're a new country, which does make it really hard. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, back to our current movie we're reviewing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. So should we rate, rate this now? Well, okay. Okay. It's good. I didn't like, actually, this one didn't have to rely on special effects much hmm. or anything, or CGI's or maybe when he disappeared. Uh, they had a lot of good direction and good filming uh, and that sort of stuff. And the acting wasn't bad. And it's not just me. They, they have got awards. Uh, I've got to give it a nine and a half. Mm, I'm going to give it a nine and a half too. Mm, because I think really some of these telly movies, even though they're not box office, stuff. Box office type material, the telly movies uh, are a 
obviously, well, you, like a little bit like you got the art house theatres, mm. you know, like your dandies over here in other places, you got over in America and in England and very Europe, you know, which the non-mainstream stuff. This is non-mainstream stuff going to the um, the TV, and it's really good. I mean, it's a lot of independent people do it. They they, they say, I'm not going to follow the trend. I'm going to make something different. Mm. So it either ends up going straight to DVD. Netflix, uh, whatever, trying to get it out there because it just doesn't fit the A movie uh, guidelines they want in commercial theatres, mm. which is a shame because there's some damn good stuff out there. Mm, agreed. It is very good stuff, but we we we've seen a lot of independent stuff over the years, and a lot a lot of it's gone direct to DVD or you know, mm, a yeah. TV and stuff. I and, admit, yeah. I do like the independent stuff. They do some people know where they're going with the story. Yeah, because they're not afraid to take a, do a U turn or take a, or do something different. Yeah, and they don't follow the same mix. I mean, I hate formulas. I mean, I have some of you guys out there in the movie industry you know I'm talking about. When, okay, we're going to do another slasher movie. Now we're going to need six people. We need a, do- a, I mean, a dumb blonde. We need a, a really nice, pure little, little one who's going to be our final girl. We're going to need four wacko guys. Yeah, that sort of thing. We're going to go and stay in a cabin in the woods. Done done that a couple of times already. Uh, and that sort of, it just, it's the formula doesn't change. The, the script changes a bit. Yeah. The, the, the creepy guy with the machete or the axe or whatever might change a little bit, but it's basically the same story. Yeah, and the dumb yeah. people who yeah. make the dumbest mis- um, yeah. dumb mistakes. Yeah. Which I thought in, Cab- yeah. in Cabin Woods, they explained why they make the bad mistakes. Yeah, but actually, another point. See, Cabin Woods, that was, that was a good turnaround because it was drug-induced by the people underground mm. trying to feed the, the monsters. You know, uh, well, actually, feed the... Um, the um the older gods or something the, um, rather yeah the um heroes or the no the, no um, they'll just keep on yeah they, they was going to be sacrificed I know but to the guy but the, the old they, gods but those drug things they were giving were given to the um to the um sacrifices to make I, sure that they make the wrong decisions I know that's that's what I'm saying but they, they were there but the only one who didn't get affected was the stoner who was totally stoned all the time and the drugs didn't work on him yeah because <laughs> so it was quite funny a bit of a twist which is something different yeah well they didn't know what mm. was what was why he was uh, immune to it yeah he's full of cannabis <laughs> well maybe it wasn't a, a cannabis no he, he was he, 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 he had a bong with him yeah i know he was he was sucking on it at the beginning of the movie and he sucked on it several times yeah. and doing joints he was stoned i know i know uh, I... no he was and that's it the, the, the cbd or the thc or whatever his system was counteracting the other chemicals. Yeah, I just meant that, different, that different. he may have been smoking something that's quite that made him immune to any other drugs that they were introducing in the said, air. I just said that. Yeah, okay. I know. I'm just mean that that whatever drugs they thought he may have, like maybe um, cannabis, maybe um, they didn't check. They, they didn't, didn't check know, to but know. But he was the one who got dragged into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he now, irres- been, irrespective, he could that, have even that smoked. Would be different. He could have smoked. Um, you know, spray cans for liner. Again, with chroming. I don't smoke chrome. Okay. They don't smoke, smoke a spray can. They chrome it. They okay, sniff it. chrome it. Sorry. Yeah. They put it in a plastic bag and inhale it. Yeah, and that. Go off, and go off the pixies. Now, yeah, but they, they, they said that was, that was a twist. It was good. Something, something fresh. Yeah, anyway, so I'm... 
So I think we're done for the to Yeah, this day. is a shorty. I mean, there's nothing much to talk about this one apart from it's a damn fine movie. Yeah, other than the fact mm. that dear old Sir Patrick Stewart has a good <laughs> has Stewart. a good knowledge of doing both stage as well as um, well, he, he movies sta- with, he, that he deal with um, with deals with um, Shakespeare yeah. stuff at first. But I think he stars on. I think he's in the Elizabethan or Shakespearean troupe. Uh, of actors before he got into uh, filmmaking. Yeah, he actually yeah, yeah. even starred mm. in. Let me see. Um, I think I have it right here. Hamlet and Eggs. Let me see. <laughs> Let me see. I'm just trying <laughs> trying to find my notes here. So, according to this. Oh, here we go. Let me see. Sir Patrick Stewart played Claudius in Hamlet. He played. Um, the pr- he was in Prince of Denmark and in Hamlet again in two thousand and nine. Well, there you go then. Well, it means that, yeah, he, that the, everyone but, knows but he's got movies. he's very yeah. skilled, yeah. very. But they're the movies. Polished. That's the movies, yeah. I but, know. But before I was saying, he's 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 uh, he's, uh, his list of engagements on the stage mm. would be a lot longer than that. Yeah. yeah. And that's where he got his um, Shakespearean type speaking voice, same as Vincent Price got his. Mm, true. He true. had this way of speaking, and he got he got it from doing Shakespearean acting. Yes. Yes. So anyway, yep. I think mm. we'll be finishing up shortly. But anyway, I'll before we cut we cut cut off or yeah. anything like that. Before we terminate for the, uh, this podcast, I thought I might mention again about how we're doing a how I'm doing working on a uh, documentary at the moment about uh, filmmakers who are filmmakers work- and, and actors, actors who are coping during the, ca- the coronavirus, the coronavirus. Yeah. and it's coming together quite nice got yeah a few we've got like several yeah. people who contribute to videos I'm really proud of them and I'm really happy that, that so many so, people have gone on board so it's going to be feature length is it now or well by the sounds of it I think we're going to get some you um, so many people involved. Yeah, right? so many yeah. people involved. Yeah. I'll try to remember mm-hmm. to give everyone mm-hmm. a turn during each um, topic here yeah, and there. Whatever, I mean, I'm trying to make sure that everyone has a turn in this uh, production. Well, no, okay. Well, no, we don't. But you're going to do part one and part two if we get too many people? Well, um, <laughs> well, that depends on a few. Um, I'm still waiting on a few people who confirm um on ha- their contracts, they still have to sign them and all that stuff. Yeah, obviously, it's, it's get, important get, get to give you uh, control of the uh, content. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I don't get that, I won't. I won't. Well, we can't, well you can't. If you say you put it out there, and I say oh, I didn't sign the paperwork, so I don't like it. Take it off. Yeah. So you got to get your waivers and everything signed. Yeah, and this place, is very. Yeah. I don't need to mention this to you guys, but this is very important. If you want to get your. your if interview your interview videos out, you know, among yeah, the documentary, look, look, I want you guys to realize that this it, part is really important. Is that on your Black Cat film production site? Yes. Yeah. Any, look, anybody who's interested in the in the movie industry uh, and acting, whatever, uh, on Sarah's site, Black Cat Film Productions. Yes. Uh, you have a look at that, and it'll give you some ideas on what's involved and what she's looking for yeah. and whatever. And yeah. Uh, feel free to contribute, but uh, but it, also it, the, men- the cutoff date is coming yeah. uh, beginning. Of When's that? Beginning of the um, month? Let me see, the 5th of March. The 5th of March is cut off. Then she's going to spend yeah, the next six that, weeks, eight weeks yeah. to uh, post-production. Yeah. yeah, by then I'll be working my pretty much really Your hard. Her bloomers off. Mm-hmm. Exactly, so. Anyway, guys. So this is about it for us for today. So this is Sarah Stevenson. And Michael. Hey, by the way, my cat's here. Hmm. Hey, where are you? Yeah. I was just sleeping. Uh, 
Uh, from Amanda as well. Uh, Our she's cat. so cute. It's, no, you're not confused. She's, oh, she's sweet. She's tired old cat. It's certainly hot here. That was, it was 33 degrees and very humid today. I, I feel like a limp rag. Anyway, <laughs> so this is Sarah Stevenson. And Michael Stevenson. Say, saying, we'll see you. We'll, hopefully we will hear from you guys later on. Yeah, don't forget Black Cat Film Productions. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>